Hello, hello, and welcome to the Hidden Node Podcast. I'm Nick Turner. And I am Joel Crane. Um, hey, Nick. Uh, last time we talked, we were talking about Philips Hue stuff a little bit. And I remember there was something around like the, a, a Philips Hue button. There was something around that that we didn't, we didn't get to cover as in-depth as we wanted to. What were we, what were we talking about? Yeah. There are two different versions of the Philips Hue bridge. Of course there are. Do you know that? No, but I'm not surprised. Not surprised at all. So there are two different versions. The the original, the version one was circular. Okay. And the version two was square. And I'm pretty sure that the square one has a bit more grunt. I don't know what specifically what which spec is different inside the version two but like it can cope with hardware more, more ram <clears throat> more stuff I, like that yeah i think so but considering the unit is the same weight or less than a raspberry pi i mean there's 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 very little inside it i'm sure there's more empty space inside that box than right. there is hardware but what whatever there is there's two versions and they both have a hard, have, you've got a philips hue bridge as well haven't you yeah and it's definitely the second one that you described it's it's more yeah. of a square uh with rounded corners and it's got a button and i believe three blue leds on the top something like That's that it. right yeah and and you know when you want to pair a new bulb or a new not no sorry not a new bulb but you know when you want to pair a new service or a new app with philips hue you have to physically go and press the button on the bridge right it's just like a it's it's kind of a physical security thing if i remember correctly yes. right yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, the the reason I put this, uh, the reason I wanted to follow up on this topic and wanted to mention it on our last conversation was that the version I, I use an app called iConnect Hue, as in iConnect Hue. Uh, <laughs> wow. And the app is really good. Uh, it is better than the native than the uh, native native app it's better than yeah, the, the philips app right, right. Uh, the, the philip app <laughs> the, the yeah it's better than philips app and yeah. the version one hub inside the philips hue app actually will let me press the hardware button through the app oh wow. i can be sat at my desk i want to connect a new a new app from my laptop and i want to hook that into philips hue and when it gets to that please press the button on your hue bridge if it was the version one bridge, it would let me. It would actually let me press the button from within the app, which I think is genius. Yeah. So wait, are there are there like any uh, I don't know applications for that, or any way that you as, you as a user can take advantage of that, or is it literally just for onboarding new services with Philips Hue? It's just a security thing to onboard it. It's just a thing to say I am physically on this on site and I have physical access to the button and I want to authorize whatever service is attempting to join the Philips Hue bridge right now, I want to authorize it. Gotcha. This has, but it's been really useful because I actually currently have the circular bridge sat in the loft of my home. Oh, you have two. I currently have two. I didn't even know you could have two. Well, it all gets a bit messy, and it's not. I don't. I don't really want to go into too much detail on it because it's not that interesting. Uh-huh. But it's not too bad. The implementation within iConnectU, and I'm sure it's better than the original Philips app. 
coping with two different bridges. Regardless, the version 2 bridge does not permit software button presses. <sighs> so so what do you like what do you have to do to get around that? Like so what ends up being the problem with this and and do you have a way to get around it? What does it restrict you from doing? No, I don't have any way of getting around this. And it's not really the end of the world. It, I just found it very useful that with the circular hub sat in the loft and I want to onboard a, a service or an app to oh, using that bridge, I don't just have clicked. to go into the loft. I, I just clicked for me why this is so awful because you have to have physical access to this remote device. Exactly. Oh, that is a pain. <laughs> But I don't understand why that function doesn't exist for the version 2 bridge, or maybe it does, and the app developer of iConnectU hasn't hooked that up. But regardless, that was that was the bullet point that I um, meant to mention on during our last conversation about well, Philips Hue. Okay, so I will have to keep that in mind then, because I mean, I have a Philips Hue bridge. It is downstairs in what I like to call my Harry Potter closet. It's our little closet under the stairs. It's not exactly like the Harry Potter closet. I've seen your Harry Potter closet, and your Harry Potter closet is way more of a Harry Potter closet than mine is. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I guess that's an advantage of living in the UK, which is where Harry Potter was set. But uh, <laughs> this is all information that every single person listening to this already knows, so I should really move along quickly here. <laughs> Um, but my Philips Hue bridge is down there. It's basically, I have a little, uh, like a little switch rack down there. It's like, I don't know, six U something like that. And yeah. it just sits in that rack. Although the problem with it is that all my Philips Hue stuff is up in my office, which is actually fairly far away. And so at some point I got to pull ethernet up here. And that's like the, the, like the project I've never been able to complete is get ethernet pulled up here. And I think I'm going to move the bridge up here anyway. Yep. But that is good to know that I have to keep that device somewhere where I can physically easily get to it to add new services and stuff to my Hue stuff. Unless we pioneer some kind of 3D printed thing that can clip onto the square bridge Ooh. with a Raspberry Pi and have a button presser. Ooh, what if we took it a step further and did like a servo that actually physically presses the button? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. You know, and we could make it POE as well. Uh, yes. <laughs> oh, my, they, so there we go. That's now the, that is what the uh, Raspberry Pi POE hat can now be used for is a dedicated button pusher. <laughs> And, and, and it passes and we, we could put a, a we could put a, a, an ethernet adapter on, in addition to the built-in one on the Raspberry Pi, we could put an ethernet adapter on it that passes ethernet onto the, the Hue bridge. And yep. then it, it also provides power from the Raspberry Pi directly yep. because of the PoE. Oh, this is, we can't publish this episode now, Nick, because we have, a, <laughs> we're going to have to, we're going to have to, um, mm, well, we'll have to, we'll have to just, you know, delay the, the release of this episode until the, yes. the product's on the market. Yes. Let's, <laughs> let's be very careful to not accidentally release this before the product is on the market. <laughs> Because I don't want someone stealing that idea. That was a good idea right there. Uh, did I? So, yeah, go ahead. Did I? Did I tell you also just just while we're on the topic of Philips Hue? Did I tell you about the humming? You mentioned it, and I have some Philips Hue stuff. I've never run into any kind of humming, so I'm I'm curious to hear what your experience has been. What, what, what do you, have you had stuff that's been humming, or like what's the problem? Okay. O uh -oh. Overall, really like Philips Hue. The whole experience of using it even if I have to get up and press that button on the bridge every now right. and then, it, it's all pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I have 
the I have the bulbs on I have light behind my monitor. Mm-hmm. I love that by the way. That's like one of the coolest things is to have a backlight behind your monitor. It just makes it so much easier to look at. It just looks so cool. I love it. Do you have it as well? No, I don't. Um, and, and this is something I want to talk about a little bit more. Let's definitely loop back around to that because I want okay. to hear, I want to dig into this humming thing. Well, I want to hear what's going on. Okay. I used to use an official Philips Hue LED strip, one of the version ones. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I used to use one of those taped to the back of my Apple display. Mm-hmm. And it worked, but there aren't actually that many LEDs on that original version one. So it's just kind of Philips. Is it just kind of weak? Just not that great? Yeah, it's a little bit weak. Okay. And so Philips, I don't know how long ago this was now, but they released a product called the Play Bar, which is a small plastic oblong, maybe 25, 30 centimeters long and three or four centimeters wide. Okay. And it's much more powerful. It's able to pump out a lot of light. It's kind of like circular on each end. I'm looking at pictures online right now. Yeah. Okay. And keep talking. They pump out a lot of light in comparison to that version one LED strip. Right. I bought three of them for my monitor. So (laughs) one stuck on each side and one stuck at the top. And how, oh wait, you said they're like 25 to 35 centimeters long? Yep. And how deep are they? Because in the pictures, they look they look easily 30, 40 centimeters deep. 30, 40 centimeters deep. Uh, yeah. No, not, that, th- I'm that... sorry, sorry, 30 to 40 millimeters. Oh my gosh, this okay. is, sorry, American here. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> okay, American. all right, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's like, ah. Uh... <laughs> I was like, hang on a minute. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 I, yeah. They, uh, Three to four my, centimeters deep. That's how deep my, they look. The, the, the dimensions in the world that I'm currently in, I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I see how that works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. We. Uh, my wife and I that, watched a movie last night, and there was like a couple of there were uh, there were a couple of Americans like sitting at a, a French bistro, and they're like, "I'm sorry, does it, does anyone here speak American? We need an American here." And I was like, "Does anyone actually really talk like that?" I don't think they do. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so I got I got three of these play bars, uh-huh. and I stuck them with the incredibly sticky 3M sticker tape that they provide oh yeah to the back of my monitor which made me feel a little bit uncomfortable because Mm -hmm. if ever i have to remove them it's going to be difficult but i did it i stuck them on there Mm -hmm. and the light they pumped out was fantastic but but whenever i was in my room in the office and there was no noise in the house there was an incredibly high pitch wine to the point where i i genuinely questioned whether i could really hear this for quite a lot quite quite a lot of the time i mean because you know maybe i would ask somebody who was visiting the house like can you hear this and they're like no but in blind tests where i close my eyes look away you know there's no way i could know and people and somebody else would turn the lights off and turn them on again i could definitely hear and it, and it was 
it wasn't so much that it was audible. It was almost like you, it was almost that you felt it. Interesting. Could it be, now, now you remember like the, you remember the hum of a CRT cathode ray tube monitor, right? Yes. You remember how, um, one thing I think is really, okay, so, so monitors, I think that there are, I, I think that most consumer televisions, if I remember correctly, their refresh rate was like around 15 kilohertz, something like that, which is nearing the very top of what the human, you know, what, what, what our auditory range is. It's very close to the top. In fact, there's a YouTuber called Tom Scott. Have you ever heard of him, Tom Scott? I have. Yes. Yeah, I really like Tom. He's very, I love that his videos are very short. They're very bite-sized, so I can just watch one really quick. Uh, but he did one on, you know, how getting older, he he uh, had lost the ability to hear CRT monitors. And so, <laughs> this is really awful, but I kind of wonder if this problem would just self-resolve and like, you know, maybe 10 years from now, 15 years from now, it just ceases to be an issue. You can't hear them anymore. <laughs> It might do. It might do. I have incredibly selective hearing. Okay. So if um, if it's something I don't want to know about or don't want to hear, I'm, I'm, I can barely hear at all. But if it's something that I... Uh... Actually, <laughs> you no, that's want not, that's to not hear. true. <laughs> no, 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 that doesn't, that doesn't work. If it's something I shouldn't be hearing, then I can hear it. It doesn't yep. matter how quiet it is. Uh, I, you know, totally... conversations in other rooms. Yep. Uh... <laughs> yep. Uh... Side note on that, I, I did my first uh, trip for work with my uh, Sony X1000XM3s or whatever the heck they're called. Yes. Oh my gosh. It was beautiful. It was so okay. awesome. There was a guy in my hotel room. It was like 11, 1130 at night. It's super peaceful. And I turn off my light and I swear 10 seconds later, the guy in the next room turns his TV on. And I'm like, no. And so I'm listening. I put those things on. I just turned them on with no music, just turned them on, and hmm. it just went away. It was awesome. It was really great. So anyway, I just want to give a little Fantastic. report on that. Good. So have you found, are you still using those Philips Hue lights, or, or have you found some kind of replacement? Like what, what ended up resolving the issue for you? I should explain that this saga with the Philips Hue lights is now possibly six or seven months ongoing oh. i have contacted support i've sent all three bars back they sent new ones out oh you know what there was even an intermediary stage to begin with i thought it was the power supplies so they sent me replacement power supplies uh-huh didn't change anything oh. so then add a few more weeks then the all all six power supplies and three Hue bars were sent back to Philips. New ones were sent out. Brand spanking new. Guess what? They still hum in exactly the same way. Wow. And now I'm in a place where I'm like, so, okay, Philips, this is, um, I think, I think we're now at a point where either you're going to produce a version two of this product, which doesn't have coil wine, or I need to get a refund. Yeah. That's and brutal. I appreciate that they were willing to send you new hardware, though. Yes. I mean, that is, that's a good sign. It is. It is. And I am definitely not saying this with any negativity towards Philips, because I think overall, I've, I I think the their products are, are pretty good. I like them. I'm yeah. going to continue buying them. Like, this hasn't yeah. put me off ever purchasing Philips equipment again. It's just the Philips Play Bar specifically. It's put you off from that. Yeah. And now, I here's think a the... 
Oh, go ahead. Go oh, okay, I think this is a good time to ask this question. Uh, yeah. The people that you were exchanging power supplies and stuff with, are they based in the U.S. or in the U.K.? They or somewhere are else? based in the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Okay, because one thing I kind of wondered is, you know, if it, maybe it is the power supplies, it would be interesting to know if, uh, if, if maybe a 240-volt grid versus a 120-volt grid Hmm. would produce different effects in a switching power supply you know possibly i i don't know i think i was hearing wine from both the unit and the power supply yikes and i did do i did do research as maybe the the first step of all of this and i'm not the only person and apparently it's oh. they they call it coil wine you think and it's like the transformers or something like that it's yeah i i could and should maybe do more research into this the bottom line is i i the the in all of the pictures of this unit mm -hmm. they are not placed on the back of a computer monitor they do have promotional pictures of them on the back of televisions uh-huh and i think that i'm just that my use case i'm physically closer to the unit than they were designed for Gotcha. Interesting. Well, this is really good to know because I, I've actually been looking at my office and the my office is the only room in my house that has any Philips Hue equipment. And I think it might stay that way. There's like one other place that we might put in a single bulb and a single switch. Um, hmm. But, you know, I have all like my classic game consoles and stuff in here. I've got my, our, our only TV in the house is in my office, my computer monitor. Yep. I would love to go a little bit further with the lighting. Uh, yep. because I, I do enjoy the colored lighting and stuff. It's very fun. Uh, especially cause I end up doing kind of like a lot of like broadcast kind of stuff from my office, you know, like, uh, well, like I taught a th like a two hour Wi-Fi training thing for work on Friday and, you know, so, and I had my webcam on, I, I like, I like believe in using webcams. I, a lot of people don't, yes. but I do. I, I really like people to be able to see me. I like to be able to see other people. And so I often just turn my webcam on, even if I'm the only one, which feels weird, but it is what it is, you know? So I think that I having some more colored lighting in here would be really cool. And, uh, and I, I've actually kind of been searching for like, okay, how am I going to do this? Because here's the problem. The Hue stuff is good, but it's so expensive. It's just mind-bogglingly expensive. So I don't know. How, I mean, how bad were the play bars? Like, what did you pay for these? I don't remember what I paid for them now. Uh-huh. But just look on Amazon. The, uh, yeah, yeah, just double check on Amazon because whatever it is now may not be what it was when I paid for them. No doubt it was more when I paid for them. But what I would say there is that if I was going to... If your use case was putting them behind a television mm -hmm. or uplighting a bit of wall where you won't be sitting a meter or less away from the unit mm -hmm. i reckon they'll be fine okay it's only because the power supply sits under my desk within arm's reach and the monitor is definitely within arm's reach yeah now the power supply on that i i thought i saw a couple photos where is it one power brick that has three barrel connectors on it is that what you have that is correct that's and really cool <laughs> It is really cool, and that's almost like rubbing salt into the wound with all of this, because if I powered 
two or three units from one power supply, the coil whine got louder. Oh, so it got worse. <laughs> so it made it worse. Uh. So <laughs> for a while, I was running it one power supply per play bar, and I could still hear it whining away. <laughs> oh, that's miserable. <laughs> well, oh, I'm intrigued by these because... um. I don't know if they would really fit behind the TV. Well, okay. What did do you still have them at this point? Are you using them or are you not using them anymore? I do still have them, and I'm now in the process of trying to get them returned yeah. and re- refunded now. Yeah. Wow. That sucks, man. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry about your hardship. Oh no, no, not a problem. <laughs> I uh, what, to bring this. Go on. I was just gonna say, what it, what it, what's the ultimate solution, though? I mean, if you can't I mean, use these, what did you do? Nothing. Okay. The 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 actual solution that I would like would be a version two revision of that hardware that doesn't that do that, doesn't whine. Yeah. But the the solution that I currently have, and this will also address your comment earlier about the Philips tax, where you're just paying a higher price than I would really like to for product X. Yeah, for basically colorful lights. There are several compatible Hue uh, products. I think they're called work. They're called a friends of Hue. Okay. I think. But I am using, I am now using an LED strip from a company inner I N N R and their light strip led light strip many many more leds an acceptable price and that's what i now have twice looped around the back of my monitor gotcha okay um i okay so i i looked on amazon here in the u.s and i i when i type in inner hue i see a couple of products from inner they have a smart plug which I actually want to get some of those for my 3D printers so I can kill them remotely because uh, hmm. of the remote camera thing. I don't know if we talked yes. about that yet. We probably could at some point. Do they have US-shaped ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they got okay. the, yeah, are, are completely unsafe and inferior uh, plugs and everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, Excellent. Yeah, yeah. It's all here. Ready to shock you and kill you and everything. Uh, but no, seriously, they, they do, but they only have IC floodlights, IC... Uh, normal bulbs and I see the smart plugs that is all I see for that on Amazon but fortunately though uh, I did just realize the other day that Amazon is not the only vendor out there that you can buy things from so I know yeah it's crazy isn't it but there's actually other companies that sell products for other companies Uh, anyway I'll have to look into that because I have my computer monitor I would love to put uh, some lighting on the back of it my TV I'd love to do that um, oh, innerhue.com is a clothing website or something. That is not what I thought it was. I, there are there are other there are other uh, brands, but mm-hmm. INNR is just the one that they made. They make cheaper versions of the bulbs. They make cheaper versions of the LED strip, and in my opinion, a superior LED strip. Okay, and that is my solution. Cool. I'm going to look into that because, yeah, I've got my, my, my monitor, my TV, and I, you know how I have my, my entertainment center kind of set up with all my classic uh, game consoles? Yes. I think it would be really cool to do LED strip lighting above each one, but the problem is is that there are nine 
cubbies kind of in this shelf that I would like to do those in. That's nine. Mm -hmm. It would just be insane. It would be so expensive. It it would be $1,000 to do it with Hugh gear. So So what you could do uh, with the the inner stuff is that the the inner power brick... So here we go. The inner LED strip comes with a power adapter which mm-hmm. doesn't make any whining that I can hear, mm-hmm. a long length of cable to mm-hmm. run DC into a uh, small plastic module box where inside there are the electronics with the with the Zigbee hardware inside it and mm-hmm. the controller that sends signals to the LED strip. Gotcha. But this box has two outputs meaning that you can you could plug two <laughs> LED strips into this one brain and these LED strips you can cut and you can cut wow and then you can solder wire between them exactly wow okay i'm pretty much sold on this product already because like i said i've got those nine cubbies and it would be really cool i mean i could do a color behind the tv i yeah. could do a color in the entertainment center and all the cubbies in the entertainment center and have them be two independent colors. Cause I kind of yeah. tend to do that with my hue stuff. I kind of like the one that I run the most is like a light blue and a, and a pink. Cause it, it's just kind of a cool eighties vibe and the eighties are super in yep. right now. And yeah, you know, my, my office is full of it stuff from the eighties to be honest. Um, <laughs> dude, I, this is awesome. Like this is, this is exactly what I wanted. Okay. How expensive is it? Because I can't the, find it anywhere here on the internet. Okay, the I think my inner. Okay, let's let me just uh, bring it up on here. However, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw a curveball. I'm gonna throw a curveball at you in just a second. So if I if I go to Amazon, I mean, you could of course also go to Amazon.co.uk and have a look. Oh, I can. Yeah, that's right. The internet does work I like that. Could a- <laughs> always, or you could always VPN into the UK. That's and right. That's run it right. from there. So if I do. I-N-N-R strip, I get the, so it's 50, 50 pounds for four meters. In 50 pounds in American. That's 65 bucks. That's the cost of one play bar. That's one yeah. play bar. Wow, it's way cheaper. Okay, cool. It's much uh, cheaper and much more flexible. And four, me- in, four uh, meters is a the, ton as well. That's yeah. a that's a ton. Yeah. It's like a that's that's like that's almost a mile, right? <laughs> wow. But now, just before just before we start spending more of your money, uh-huh. uh, just one other thing for your consideration. If if hooking into light switches and changing colors and all of that is your is your thing then your particular use case for this then i would suggest check out inner or check out one of the other compatible brands Mm -hmm. but just as another alternative to explore i for another project which we will definitely be talking about in the future but not today i have um what are they called it is called Oh no! It's gone. You <laughs> it's lost a, it. it. It's it's by Adafruit. Oh okay. And it's called a, Adafruit. That's funny, uh, dude. I spent, I spent thirteen hundred dollars 
on okay. on Adafruit <laughs> website yesterday for packet potatoes. It was like oh, it was over a thousand dollars. Anyway, what's the what's it called? Okay, uh, it's NeoPixels. NeoPixels. Okay. Yeah. Now, I really like Inner because I want to do other things like tying the color of the Philips Hue sorry the color of the inner light strip to the time of day and you know change it gradually during the day and i i want to use apps and services that already exist i don't want to build all of this from scratch right right but i've got to say that the neopixel strips from adafruit they use three pins so that's presumably positive negative and control uh-huh. and with a raspberry pi you can send different brightness controls different colors to individual pixels and that is super cool in fact i'll have to show you when you come visit uh but i have a it's technically it's not a hat but um i have a, it's basically a hat for a raspberry pi zero that yeah. that has addressable RGB bulbs on it, and you can write. Yeah. you can you can deal with them with Python, and that little box is cool. But man, the the thought of having to write custom software though for it is just kind of like uh, I really would just rather have a product that I can like press a sync button and then like yeah. push a button on another thing, and boom, it works. You know. So sure. have I, you done? Does it tie into Phil? Can you tie into this in with Philips easily, or is it? I've not work? done anything like that. The only reason i mentioned that one was i just i I know what the uh your your shelving unit looks like with Uh all of the uh retro consoles in it and Uh i just wondered if you might get more bang for buck out of neopixel strips because it's less soldering per junction yeah and you would then even be able to do illuminate different cubby holes if yeah. you wanted to could go really crazy with it it just comes down to the you know the time versus return kind of thing on yes it. but that's very interesting um huh okay i'll have to think on this a little bit but i think i would probably gravitate towards the thing that requires a little bit more soldering and basically no software you know yep. to to do that's probably what i would gravitate towards but this is very interesting and i wonder okay. I wonder if somebody has also gone looked at this and gone like, "Hey, you can get you can get LED addressable LED strips from Adafruit. Why not just you know what if we put put together a little box and a little microcontroller or something like that with a Zigbee radio and it just talks to you? I, I don't know. I kind of wonder if somebody's done that. So I'll have to look at that and and see. Okay, uh, I've got to, I've got to tell you about one other thing now. Okay, because this was pretty. This is now going back to the early days of of Philips Hue light LED strips. Mm-hmm. So I also have an LED strip that goes around the, so <laughs> uh, in in my bedroom, uh-huh. I have a bed which has drawers. Okay. The drawers are slightly countersunk from the edge of the wooden beam that the mattress sits within. Okay, okay. So it means that there is a, a lip that faces the floor available, right. and, and I have an LED strip made by Philips Hue, that runs along that all the way around the bed. Like, you know, you get that in some hotels. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a cool floating it, effect sort of thing. Yeah. It, yeah. it really, it provides really nice light in yeah. in the bedroom. I, 
the reason I was going here with this is that in order to wire this, I needed to split the wires, the the, the power and control from oh. the official Philips Hue brain. Because it has two sides to the bed. Yep, exactly. Yeah. And then one of those sides is extended to go around the foot of the bed. Mm. But I didn't like the... Finality. I did not like the finality of soldering all of this. I wanted to do it in a way that would allow me to make changes in the future. Right. And the Philips Hue light strip has five or six uh, connectors cores. or something? Yeah. Like the connector holds five or six pins. Okay. So what I did is I opened up the control box unsoldered the connector there and then i was using cat 5 cable ah yes cat 5 is useful for so much <laughs> and then terminating them into rj45s because then i could you could even get this horrible thing on amazon which is an rj45 splitter yep one rj45 in two out there's no <laughs> <It's> like inte- <laughs> for networking no it's like it would just break everything <laughs> permanently well, like apparent apparently like you can use these in networking it just you it's just two devices on one you know on one wire so you're not going to get full duplex to them both like, but does it become is it basically like a two port hub is that what it basically is it's, it's an ethernet not even that it's 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 two device it's two devices hanging off of one switch port but, oh my goodness that sounds horrible. so you'd never yeah, you'd never do this because it's just a straight physical connection of all, all of the pins. But for splitting power and control signals, which is what I wanted to do, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. And did it work? Yeah, it nice. works great. You know, I've seen so, some cases where like, uh, well, for example, like at my church, we've got uh, we've got like a stage and they've got quite a bit of music equipment, sound equipment up there and stuff. And uh, all of the, basically all of the audio equipment actually runs over Cat5e. It's all Cat5e. Uh, they they even have, well, I don't know. It's it's really interesting, but I, I think they actually do like audio. I don't know if it's analog over the Cat5e or if they actually, uh, it, or if it actually drops into like Ethernet frames and then moves it across the Cat5 and then, you know, pulls it back out and turns it back into analog. I'm not sure which, but I I think that cat five and RJ 45 connectors or APHC connectors, I think they get used for a lot more than just ethernet. So anyway, you were about to say something. No, no, no. That, that was it. That was, that was the end of my Philips hue tale was that the, yeah, wiring it all up with RJ 45 connectors to make the connection and disconnection much smoother was nice. And I appreciate that you also, like me, don't like finality in like I I always want to be able to come back and change things later, which is why double sided tape is kind of terrifying because, you know, like it's difficult to get it back off sometimes and cutting stuff and soldering stuff is difficult sometimes. I, I don't know. I just yeah. I like I like modularity. I like to be able to remove things and because, you know, like, for example, someday you will move. You'll move to a different mm. house, you know. And when you do, you might get a different, you know, bedroom set or something like that. And, you know, it's just like nothing is final. Nothing is. And so I, I also do appreciate connectors and stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but now that you've brought that up, I have to tell you another tale. Ah, I'm ready. 
uh, or on. at least suggest another solution. So I, I stuck those Philips Hue play bars to the back of my monitor and it was horrible removing them because the 3M <laughs> sticky pad was incredibly good. It's just way too strong. I had to use a I had to use a dinner knife to try and like scrape it down, and I'm yeah. like, am I gonna like bur- burst through the back plastic of the la- of the monitor and burst into the like electronics of that? It was shove a knife back through through your LCD display from the back, backstabbing yeah, like, it. I I tried using floss to like like you know just remove that layer, and like I, man, it took so long and was horribly messy, and I really. You know, I scratched the back of the monitor do, taking them off. Right. It's brutal. I have a Philips Hue light switch in my office, and I've slowly come to the realization that I probably need to move it to another spot. And mm-hmm. I'm really worried about that 3M adhesive, whether it's the really <laughs> super duper strong kind or if it's the kind that just barely hangs on, which is kind of what I want. I want the kind that just barely hangs on. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. But... <sighs> Then what happens when it lets go? Yeah, then you have a light switch falling off your wall, which is not not awesome, typically. It's so considered to be not awesome. I was talking about a similar, similar problem with a friend of mine who works in the film industry. And he said, well, Nick, why don't you just use dual lock? And which I, is... And I said... What I don't I don't know what dual lock is. Dual and dual lock? Like Yeah. Dual like, lock. Okay. And so my, my my friend Andy suggested that we check out dual lock. And dual lock is industrial strength hook and loop. Ah, okay. Yeah. But, Go ahead, go ahead. I have comments, but I'll well, I'm gonna hold. Just off. that it's not actually hook and loop. It's it's more just two sheets of hook. But when you push it in, that's it. It's solid. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Jerry used this on his laptop to secure stuff to the lid of his laptop. I think. Really? No. Wasn't yeah. he used? Didn't he use um le- like a Lego compatible? Well, he did. He did. Okay. No, but was it on his laptop? Or I don't know. Jerry had um a, a couple of things, and I like that for people that are listening to have no idea who Jerry is. Is it great? <laughs> we'll just keep referring to Jerry as if we all know who he is. <laughs> but yeah, Jerry. Uh, yeah, Jerry totally had. He, it was for um WLAN Pi stuff or something. Yes. Yeah, okay. It is so cool. It's so cool. It's so much better than Velcro. It makes Velcro just look stupid. Well, I mean, uh, to be clear, uh, Velcro is the brand, isn't it? Oh. And what we're referring to <laughs> is generic uh, hook and loop. Uh, right. No, I'm, 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 I'm not saying that to correct you. I'm saying that you know just to uh, to, to protect ourselves on a le- on a legal um, right. standpoint. Right. 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 Um, <laughs> but I'm really so I have now got a short length of of dual lock, and I'm mm-hmm. going to experiment with it. I haven't used it for its intended purpose yet, but so far I like what I see. Okay, so here's my only here's the only problem with dual lock. Like, let's say that I used it to put up my hue light switch on my wall. When I move my light switch to another place, you know, which which is going to happen. It's just totally going to yeah. happen that I'm going to need it. It's it's a fact of life. I'm going to have to move it to a different place. I still have a strip of dual lock on my yes, wall that I have to remove without tearing the paper off the wall, right? Absolutely. And so it's not it's not a solution. It doesn't fix your... Pro- it's not a solution to your problem right there, 
Yeah. But it does, for me, address many scenarios of the finality problem. Yeah. It at least because, gives you modularity to move different things to different spots and things like that. Yeah. So if I had used dual lock to stick the Philips Hue play bars to the back of the monitor, popping them off would have not been a problem. And leaving dual lock, well, they're both side A. There's no side A and side B. Like That's awesome, by the loop. way. Right? It's but, so cool. <laughs> It would have been fine because I don't ever see the back of my monitor. Yeah, yeah. I totally get you. I'm picking up what you're throwing down here, Nick. That I think I need to order some of that and keep it on hand because I, I think I have mm. some Velcro somewhere. And it's I just hate it. I don't like Velcro. It doesn't stick very well. Uh, it, it doesn't. I don't know. And it leaves like little fibers when you tear it on, off and on. And it doesn't last. Remo- rem- cycling yep. it does not it does not last well through multiple attach and detach cycles that sounds very technical for ripping basically what i'm saying is ripping something off of the velcro something no no technical. i know i know where you're going you know yeah. so it's interesting that jerry may have used that because had i known about duolock in the days of hanging wi-fi dongles on the back of my monitor oh yeah that would have been a fantastic solution yeah because it's so much cleaner it's not fuzzy and yeah if it is what I'm thinking it is, but where did I see? I'm pretty sure we'll have to ask Jerry about that next time we talk to him. This infamous Jerry. So yeah, um, Nick, there was something else I wanted to ask you about. Um, you got a new laptop, right? Another saga. Yes. <laughs> oh, it's a saga, huh? Of course it is. Oh it boy. Is. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what? First off, what'd you get? What, what kind of laptop did you buy? Because I know you got a laptop, but what'd you get? Yes. I got a new MacBook Pro 13-inch. Sweet. Okay, cool. And uh, But you said Saga. That does, This doesn't sound like a Saga if you just got a MacBook and it's done. That's not a Saga. That's a purchase. So what happened? Well, I have made a little... I've made a, a rod for my own back in that I dislike the UK keyboard layout. Okay, as an American, as an American... Can you can yep. you just hold up for a second and explain to me what do you mean by UK keyboard layout? I mean, we both speak English. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what did they just exchange the dollar sign on the four key for the pounds key or something like that? <laughs> like, I I think, and having seen colleagues from Finland with their with Finnish keyboards, mm-hmm. that there's a lo- there's quite a lot of variation between different country keyboards okay not only from just the characters that each key represents okay for example the french keyboards has isn't it isn't it as like z's in a different place on the french keyboards oh really let me look at that really quick french keyboard layout yeah there's 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 i think hundreds of different keyboard layouts whoa uh and look at the very first layout yeah you're right that yeah. the z or z is where the w key is and there's actually a greater than or less than key next to the w like basically the shift is shorter i wonder if that's everywhere <laughs> or just holy cow i'm seeing it multiple places <laughs> what uh so completely okay but, but before we before we go down the rabbit hole of different keyboard layouts between uh-huh. different languages because that would be completely understandable Mm -hmm. 
the difference between the UK keyboard and the American keyboard... America. America. Is... <laughs> the, well, the one, that, the one that I notice is the return key. Uh, hang on, I gotta look at... Like, like what, is it labeled differently? Or what's the, what's the difference here? It, it's landscape in America, and it's portrait in the United Kingdom. What? Okay, hang on. I gotta I, go. Apple.com slash UK. Uh, none of these screenshots. You'd be better off doing an, doing an image search, I reckon. Yeah, I think so because none, these all show the like the the front profile of the MacBook, so you can't yeah. actually see the keyboard. So images.google.com and UK MacBook Pro. And oh my gosh! <laughs> so it, the Enter key is up is, is vertical it's vertical and it's got a blob on is it at the top or at the bottom the top the top is wider okay. than the bottom it's like this weird misshapen <laughs> thing what are they all like oh yes. and and the shift key next to the z yeah z the z uh yep. it's really fun to say z actually it makes me feel sophisticated <laughs> The shift it, it makes key you is... sound sophisticated. Ooh, wow. Well, <laughs> then by, by all means. I'll... The the Z key next to the Z key is not just doesn't go straight to a shift key. There's actually the shift key is really short. And there's a, what character is that? I can't tell. And the, the picture's too small, but. Okay. And then there's another key there. So yeah. Wow. I mean, end of the day, George, it doesn't make that much difference. Yeah. Except once you're used to one layout, yep. then transitioning I found very uncomfortable. I'll bet. So why did you end up... So how is it that you ended up starting out with a US layout then? Because my very first Mac laptop... Oh, Canada. ...came from America. Oh, it came from America. Wait, why did it yeah. come from America? Because my parents purchased it on my behalf whilst on holiday in America. Okay... Why did they... So so you wanted this from day one then? Uh, so this was... No, no, it was a price thing. It oh. was genuinely cheaper, not only with the exchange rate, but the actual price was cheaper to purchase in America. And my, my parents were on holiday in the USA. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So something that... Yeah, and so I would never have thought of this... Way back then. Uh, Right, yeah. And I didn't I don't think I even clicked that there was a different keyboard layout. I just bought it because and... I think it was the first was my I think my first laptop was a Mac. Yeah. Yeah. My first laptop was like a Pentium 2 Toshiba thing. My wife and I lovingly called it Gargantua because it was massive. Uh <laughs> but uh oh no, that wasn't my first laptop. That that was my second laptop. But that okay. that is really interesting. Um, so I remember back in the day. Let's just let's just spout off more names of people that we know that maybe people that are listening to Definitely. our podcast let's won't do know. That. Yeah, you know, you see, uh, he, he like I went to type on his keyboard, his Finnish layout keyboard one day, mm. and uh, and I was like, what is going on? And I don't even remember seeing the enter key though, but I do remember being very disorientated and like I really struggled to type on his keyboard for more than ten seconds. So yeah, huh. Okay, so anyway, so back why to the was saga. 
Back yeah. to the saga, though. Um, so what did you have to do? Did you special order a... Did you have to, to order a laptop from the United States? Like, what did you end up doing? No, actually... And Tim Cook's Apple is amazing with logistics. The The process of ordering a custom-built MacBook Pro was much faster than I had expected. So I purchased a MacBook Pro 13-inch from Apple UK. Mm-hmm. But and and as you as you're using the configurator, you you pick and choose all the options. And I started off with the cheap the cheapest model, and then you know upgraded the RAM and I upgraded mm-hmm. the hard drive space. Mm-hmm. And then you get to choose the keyboard layout mm-hmm. and when you change the keyboard layout, that's when you see the delivery window change from next day to three years. One to th- one to one to two weeks. That's still pretty fast. It's super fast. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm definitely not complaining. And yeah. on top of that, they delivered it about eight days early. Nice. Good job, Apple. That's and so work. So it was late at night. I ordered my new laptop, my new 13-inch. I used the configurator. I started off with a cheap one, the cheapest option, and then built it up and selected the US keyboard layout and clicked order, and Apple took my money. And then I waited, and then seven or eight days earlier than the estimated arrival date, boom, laptop arrives, fantastic. Had that very enjoyable experience of unboxing it, and then I start setting it up. And everything was everything was beautiful and perfect. Sounds like a, this is a lovely story. I'm so happy about this. Yep, I popped it. I you know I placed the laptop uh, on the uh, laptop stand that I have ah. next to my monitor, and I mm-hmm. plugged the the USB C connector in on the left hand side of the laptop, and mm-hmm. the, the monitor works great. It's beautiful. Everything's fantastic. And then I came to plug something else into my laptop on the right-hand side of the laptop. Uh-huh, and? And I was horrified to find there were no USB-C ports no. on the right-hand side. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you had a two-USB-C port variant, which is, in my opinion, basically useless for the kind of work that we do. Well, it's fantastic, provided you never want to plug any peripheral Anything. into the right-hand side. Yeah. Uh, okay, so then the next question is, Is was it your fault or was it Apple's fault? This was totally my fault. No. Okay. Yeah, so. and because I... Do you, I think the way this worked, and I may be, I may well be wrong, but I think originally in 2016, when this generation of MacBook Pro came out, the cheaper model had no touch bar. Right. Yes, I, I do it, remember that. And they all have touch okay. bars now, right? There is no non-touch bar version, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so what had happened here was that depending which model you choose in the configurator to start with that affects whether you are looking at the two port or the four port and there's no option during the configurator to change it from a two to a four you have to start with a four port and then customize it with your keyboard and things like that from there right exactly and (sighs) in the in the big picture was this a huge problem no could could i have dealt with it 
probably it would have just niggled at me that every time yeah. I wanted to plug the power cord in, no. and the power was to the right of me. No, I mean I'm gonna I don't know what you paid for it, but my guess is you know you probably paid you, you probably paid just north of two thousand dollars. I don't well I don't know yep. pounds, but yep, you probably paid north north of two thousand USD for this thing. You can't pay that much money for a piece of hardware that is arguably the most important tool that you own and have it missing a major feature like this and, and expect to use this thing for three years. You can't do that. No. So what did you end up doing? So I took advantage of Apple's very reasonable wonderful, return policy. Wonderful return policy. And basically from the date from the day uh, of delivery you have 15 days to mm -hmm. initiate a return mm -hmm. and then a further 15 days to return the item. Oh, wow. So it's in a month, basically. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you, okay. And that allowed me to then place an order with Apple UK for another MacBook Pro 13-inch, exactly the same spec as the last one, right. but this time with four ports, and naturally, two hundred and fifty pounds more expensive. Oh yay! <laughs> Wait, okay, two hundred fifty pounds in USD. Two hundred fifty pounds in dollars is yeah, one hundred ninety-five dollars. Dang. Okay. <laughs> so, so did you have to? Did you have to go without a laptop for a few days, or did you do like a cross shipping no, thing, or what did you do? Because of the logistical. Uh, just because of the superb logistical performance of Apple, mm -hmm. no. There was no point at which I had no laptop. Nice. So, and, no, it's just been you, great. I, I really good. appreciate the fact that I made a mistake, and yet because it was well within the window of return, no eyebrows were raised. Well, uh, props to Apple for that. I'm sorry that happened to you. That's a bummer. Uh, it, it does sound like there might be a bit of a deficiency on their side of differentiating between the uh, the two port and the four port because that's kind of a big deal, you know? It's kind of a big deal. But then again, you've kind of got this special case where you're getting a special keyboard and, and all right. that. Right. If it had know. been a U yeah, if it had been a UK keyboard layout, then it would have been next day delivery and correct twice. And yeah. 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 Well, I'm glad you got it sorted out. I'm glad that you went through the hassle to get the machine that you actually needed and not, mm. you know. I've kind of done the opposite. I okay, so uh, are you ready for a little like uh, a little story time Please. about my MacBook woes because I don't know what to do here and I actually need your advice on this. Okay. And listening to an episode of the Accidental Tech Podcast yesterday did not help this at all because it just made me feel worse about what I have to do um because somebody asked for similar advice. And, yeah, it was yeah. Um so I bought, so back when I, I left my previous job and when I did that, um, I decided I was going to try to do some contracting and it actually went really well. It was a lot of fun to do my own kind of contract work, but I needed a laptop and I needed one right away because I had to send my work laptop, laptop back. I didn't own a personal laptop and then uh, base model MacBook airs went on sale for $850. And I thought to myself like, okay, I'll go grab one of those. Um, and then I will, in a couple of months after the contract work thing kind of proves itself, I will go out and spend $2,000 on a, a real MacBook Pro, and I'll pass this down to my wife who's using like a 2011 MacBook Air, like a really old MacBook Air with a terrible battery. Um, okay. 
it doesn't even run it it doesn't even run mojave or catalina it definitely i don't think it runs mojave even i think it's that it was what high sierra i think was before that i can't remember okay uh, so i bought this macbook uh and it's fine it's macbook air so you know 128 gigabyte ssd 8 gigs of ram it's like an i5 like it's 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 not you know it's a macbook air it's not a macbook yes. pro it does have a fingerprint sensor it does have touch id which is really really nice i was really Perfect. really pleased about that uh and then i ended up taking another job and my day job, my, my laptop is pretty, uh, it, it's pretty locked down. Uh, you know, like uh, a lot of times, like you have to use the VPN for stuff and they've got a lot of their own junk installed on it. And I don't want to use that as my personal laptop. I, I, I'll, I've kind of decided to use it for work and then keep my own personal laptop. But now mm-hmm. I've got a dilemma. I have this MacBook Air. I want a 13-inch MacBook Pro but they just released the 16-inch MacBook Pro with the old keyboard, which I very much want back. I love yep. the old keyboard. Um, but they have not brought that keyboard down to the 13-inch. And so what do I do? Do I sink $2,000 into a MacBook that I might resell in a few months? Or do I hold off and hope that they refresh the 13-inch MacBook Pro and limp by with my MacBook Air until then? You would like my opinion yes very much i think for your situation you should absolutely hold okay that that okay the uh the 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 user experience crippled laptop and because uh and yeah hold on because i don't think it's going to be that long yeah it just makes sense that they would get rid of a problematic keyboard it just makes sense yeah do that is it is it so there's an interesting question for you. Is it the keyboard that you prefer that that you want to you know get the new one of, or is it the is it the layout? What aspect of the keyboard is it that you are most excited about for the <clears throat> new 13 inch? That's a great question because okay, so first off, I loved the old keyboard, and the other thing that I loved about the old keyboard is I loved that my Apple my Bluetooth Apple keyboard was the exact same layout. And so yep. I could type a gazillion words per minute on my MacBook and I could type a gazillion words per minute on my Bluetooth keyboard because they're the exact same keyboard and I don't have to readjust each time. Definitely. Now, the layout is slightly different and the key travel is not great. It just doesn't feel as good to me. Uh, and so it's both. It's really like equal parts like keyboard travel and both, uh, to be honest, reliability issues. I've had zero reliability problems. I had a MacBook Pro at my previous job. I had uh, my previous previous job. I had a MacBook Pro with the new keyboard. I had a, Mac- mm-hmm. a new the new keyboard at the job that I left a while ago, and I have a, a MacBook Pro at the job that I am at now. And I have the this MacBook Air, which I believe has the same keyboard. Four keyboards, no problems. So it's not a reliability mm-hmm. thing. It's a layout and key travel thing. Okay. So, and and which aspect of the layout is it? I, I liked the, I think I liked the smaller chiclet keys on the old one a bit better. How, however, I haven't actually looked what at did the 16 inch though to see if they went back to that. I think they kept big keys, didn't they? Hold one, hold fire one second. What did you just call those keys? Uh, oh, did I mispronounce it? I thought it was always chiclet, but there's something else. Chiclet? What are no, they called? I, uh, we're talking about the arrow keys. Oh, the arrow keys specifically. No, no, but what's a chiclet? Oh, I, I, well, you know that the little island. Yeah, chiclet. Uh, it's a, here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna paste a Wikipedia article into the chat okay. here so you can see. There. Um, chiclet. Island style keyboard or flat keyboard is a type of input device. Duh. Ah. That uses 
keys in the shape of small squares with rounded corners and straight sides. I may be pronouncing that wrong, but it looks like was, chiclets to me. No, I so I was not picking I was not picking you up uh I was not picking up on your pronunciation. I was picking up on I don't know the word chiclet. I wonder if I'm completely pronounce, pronouncing that wrong though. I I am very I'm doubting myself right now a lot. <laughs> I, I'm like, sorry to hear that. No. <laughs> I'm so glad that you used that word though because now yeah, that's cool. Okay. So Chiclet. So you, so you were talking about like the travel and the feel yeah. of the keys. Yeah, it's the travel, and it's just the straight out, straight up layout of how my old. I don't even know if the new Magic keyboards like have the same layout as the MacBooks do. Ultimately, Nick, here's what I want. I want the old, the old key uh, press, like the old yep. uh, mechanism, is what I want. And I yep. also want to be able to purchase a Bluetooth keyboard that exactly matches the macbook keyboard that is what i that's what i want for for me i i am less of i'm less bothered by the feel of the keys Uh uh-huh but the arrow keys of this current generation of 13 inch Mm. macbook pros does upset me where the left and right arrow keys are full size and the up and down are half size you know what? I can't. I'm, I'm looking at my old Bluetooth, my old Bluetooth keyboard here. I don't even know if it's called a Magic Keyboard. It's the old one that takes AA batteries, but okay. it is Bluetooth. It is model um, A122, or no, yeah. model A A1 A1255 A1255. Um, yeah, I had never noticed the difference between that. But I'm looking at my MacBook Air here, and I'm looking at my keyboard, and you're right, they're different. Ah, that's gonna bug me now. Oh no, no, it's okay. It, I'll, it's it's fine. <laughs> It won't be that big of a deal, but yeah, I, uh, I I wish I could have held off buying this MacBook Pro until the the new 13 inch comes out with the inverted T arrow keys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it was not an option. I needed a laptop. Wait, does not to does the new keyboard go back to that? Let's look. Yes, MacBook Pro keyboard. Yeah, I mean, have a look at the have a look at the new. 16 inch macbook pro keyboard it's it's not pretty it doesn't look that nice but it has got inverted t arrow keys yep it sure does and it looks like the key sizes are the same it's the same physical key like they're not the smaller keys like i have on my old bluetooth keyboard but i I could get you know that's okay though i can i mean i can still type pretty fast i mostly just want the travel the travel of the old keys back that's mostly what i want and I want to be able to buy a matching, you know, Bluetooth keyboard. So I, uh, I, I'm completely with you on the consistent experience between the two. I don't, I really don't want there to be any mi- minor differences in the typing. Yeah. Like even even keys just out of place by a few, you know, millimeters. It's it, it's difficult. Oh yeah, totally, totally. I mean, you saw that you saw the mechanical keyboard that I 3D printed uh, that I put I on did. Twitter and stuff. It's very yeah. cool. I don't think it's going to be my daily driver uh, because it is significantly different to type on, and I just I am just playing faster and more consistent on my old Bluetooth three AA, and this is the old three AA model, by the way. They did a three AA model, then a two AA model, then they went to Lightning and a lithium ion battery. So this is way gotcha. old. Uh, but uh, to its credit, it still works flawlessly. It works absolutely perfectly. Um, 
And uh, yeah, it, it, that this the Bluetooth keyboard will continue to be my primary keyboard at my desk. The mechanical keyboard, it's cool. It was fun. I, I don't think it's going to be my daily driver, though. So Sure. You can know. you touch type? Yes. Yeah, I can. Um, the only, because as you saw in the pictures, just so that everybody's listening understands, I 3D printed the keyboard body and the keys itself, so there are no letters on the keys. There, all the keys, like the keys along the sides are a different color, so there's accent colors, but there, there's no markings on the keys to tell you what they are. There aren't even dimples okay. on the home keys. You guys, I, there, 3D printers just can't do that. Are there pictures of this print on Twitter, on the internet somewhere? Yeah, you know, the, the best way to find it would be to type in SICK68, S-I-C-K-68. Six, it's a six, SICK68. That will S -I -C -K. link you. S-I-C-K. Yep, I'll put a link 68. in the... Yeah, I'll put a yeah. link in the or in the uh, chat here so that you can just click on it and go there. And we, we can put that in the show notes too. But um, And maybe we can put a link to my keyboard, my, like the, the picture of my keyboard. Yeah. So yeah, the so that that should link you. You should find a a thing a Thingiverse link. This is mechanical keyboard yep. six sixty. I got it. Yep. That's the keyboard that I I three D printed. So it's basically like three or four large pieces that you three D print and then all kind of glue together, and then you buy mechanical key switches and press those into place. And then you have to solder. You have to hand solder a bunch of wires and diodes on the back. So it's kind of a rat's yeah. nest under there. But you close it all up and you never look at it again. So it doesn't matter. Um. But my keys, I am super cheap. I did not want to spend $50 on a set of key switches. And getting Mac-specific key switches was also incredibly expensive. Like, I can't find key switches with, like, you know, the command key and the option key and stuff like that. So I decided to just do it super cheap and just 3D print the keys themselves, which means no okay. markings. I can type on it pretty well. The only place that I consistently have trouble is the number bar along the top. And uh, and also like special characters. That's where it gets kind of dicey. That's an interesting idea. That maybe in order to further improve touch typing, remove the key, remove the key letters. Yeah, but I don't know. It is nice to be able to glance down once in a while. I mean, finding like the the percent symbol is is difficult. Yep. But here's what saves me on this, though. Here's what does allow me to type on a keyboard with no markings is that mm -hmm. my we, we both have the same dock, the rain, the rain laptop stand, right? Rain stand. Uh, rain design M stand. Is that the stand that you have? No. Oh, you have a different stand, but you still have a stand for your laptop, right? Yeah, I currently use the 12 South. 12? We're talking about like the elevator to get it off yeah. the desk. Yeah, it just kind of puts, yeah. No, it's, yeah, 12 south curve. For, yeah. Yeah, the yep. curve. That's what I have. Yes. Oh, wow. Apple actually sells this stand. But I'm going to, I'm going to destroy it. I'm going to destroy it for you. Okay. The, the 12 south curve is a really nice piece of shaped metal. Uh huh. And it does do a very nice job of holding my MacBook uh -huh. Pro. I really, you know, I'd like to actually stop saying the word pro after MacBook, but then I would be referring to a different product. Well, the original, the the 12-inch MacBook is gone now, isn't it? Is it? I think Maybe the... I could just say my 13-inch laptop that is a Mac. Right. <laughs> my Mac. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure that the, one's gone. The, the 12 South Curve is a superb piece of metal. I like it, but it is by no means tall enough. Oh, it doesn't elevate the laptop enough for you? 
not at all. In fact, I have the 12 South curve sat on top of the box it came in. <laughs> and it to... still doesn't do it. No, no, no. Now it's correct because I... Uh, I mean, this is possibly not the most interesting uh, aspect of my of my desk, but I, I tend to enjoy the tops of the screen to be in line. Ah, uh, so you align the tops of the screen. I align the bottoms of the screens. Gotcha. But, yeah. Now, when you get your 3D printer, which is probably going to be never based on the shipping times at this point, yep. I feel bad for recommending it because now it's like <laughs> it might be sometime next year before you get it. You could probably model up a nice curved piece that sits underneath it, though, that like an eclipse on or something. I don't know, maybe. Possibly, yeah. I'm. Bit. I'm actually think that is a that is a good suggestion. The way I am thinking about this at the moment is, I I think I would actually rather commission my father to make a wooden a, a, a wooden box. Yeah. For it. Yeah. Maybe a little but drawer I, underneath it or something like that. That would be nice. That would be nice. Although, having said that, I have been using the box that the twelve South curve came in as the as the elevate as the additional elevation. Yeah, for but, over a year now. Yeah, but this so, is your workstation. It can be better. I don't know about you, but I, like I, I think you are the same. And I really think about the aesthetic and usability of my workstation where I sit and work. Yes, it's important to me. It's in fact. Before you get here, I'm actually going to tear my desk completely apart and move my monitor and laptop like two feet to the left or to the right. Like it's bugging me where it is right now. And I'm like, I got to get this done before Nick comes to visit because I don't want it to be wrong when he's here, even though he won't use it or care. Well, please take some pictures of what it was before you okay. improved it. But that's, that it sounds very much like me. It's like a constant... Uh, journey of improvement uh, yes of perfecting my workspace where mm. i live where i work and i spend a ridiculous amount of time in this room because my office yes. at my house it is my it's where i work it's where i work eight hours a day it's where i where my hobbies are it's my kids come in in the evening to play video games and we hang out my wife and i watched a movie in here last night like it is insane that i have this house and i spend other than sleeping like I spend ninety percent of my time on my property in this room. It's kind of it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, I I, I am the same. I spend a lot of time in this room, and I think this that makes that that completely justifies. Well, you possibly spend even more time in yours because you do things other than uh, look at the computer screen. If you also watch uh, movies and yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think the similar thing to the monitor and light levels in the room i mean i i possibly spend more time in this room than i do in my in my bed yeah no i, I would say it's true for me too i probably do i mean here look here it is it's a sunday afternoon and it's a sunday evening for you and here we are we're both in our offices right now let's see it's like oh it's, it's like 8 30 there it's like 1 30 here and yeah. yeah sunday afternoon here i am in my office and i have several more hours of things to do in this room today I think I think I want to talk about that more actually the uh, the attention to detail within within our office uh, our office space because it is just where you spend so much time. 
Yeah, and you know what'll be interesting is since you're coming to visit, we're, I hope I think we're still on for that, right? We 100% are still on for that. Perfect. Well, since you're going to come visit, you're going to. I mean, I I think it's fair to say that you probably have a pretty good idea of the 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 space in my office due to video conferencing and things like that that have happened over the years. Yeah. Um, but it'll be interesting to have like it'd be cool to, to maybe discuss that after you've been here to see yeah. what it looks like. Huh? Maybe I don't know. I have I have actually one more very I have one more bit of follow up. It's just it's a real shame that we didn't have any time for any episode this this call. Like, <laughs> this is, yeah. was it literally all follow up to the last I episode? I think we've talked about follow up. Oh yeah, pretty much follow up the entire time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe we should change the name of the podcast to the follow up podcast or something like that. We just follow up on the the previous podcast all the time. <laughs> During our last conversation, I made some reference and made it sound like I knew what I was talking about when it came to bulb connectors. Okay. Uh, But Rosemary, my partner, Mm -hmm. at the end of our at the end of our last call, was like, "You didn't even talk about GU10 connectors, (laughs) GU10, GU10s, and there are lots of Philips Hue and compatible bulbs." that use GU10. What are uh, these? A bi lamp fitting. Do you not have GU10s in, this, in the US? never run into these, no. No. This is, now, this about... could totally be just me, you know, living in a slightly <laughs> older house or something like that. It's not an old house, but it's not brand spanking new. So, Do you have halogen downlights? You know, anywhere? Uh, I, yes, but not in residential. Uh, at least not that I've noticed. I think it's more typical in commercial environments or like showrooms, okay. that kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, but uh, they're they're you... for sale on Amazon, so they they've got to be here. Okay, and you can see them, right? It's like the two pins. Yeah, the two pins. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And they have a. They they're not the same as the bayonet, but it's a similar action. You still twist. Yeah, you like you push it into the socket and then you twist and then that locks it in place. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, now what are there any other bulb connections that we need to be aware of? Any, especially that our listeners desperately need to know I mean, about. Probably, but the only other one that I mentioned was the small Edison screw right. and Edison screw. Small Edison screw. Yeah, I think these are more of like a deck. Yeah, yeah. I think we have a couple of. I think we have a couple of fixtures in the house that use these. Uh, the small Edison. Yeah, it's a really tiny connector, a really tiny screw connector, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I yeah. Think we have so I think here. that was, I think that was important. And I mean, not that I, uh, not that I want to know every time I get something wrong. But in that in that vein of self improvement, I think uh, if if we are if we do get a fact wrong i th- i think i would rather know oh yeah th- oh yeah me too yes absolutely now a, a question for you then does rosemary listen to the podcast or does did she just overhear you recording it on this particular scenario it was overheard uh-huh uh-huh i don't think rosemary has listened to any episodes yet gotcha okay because my wife serenity has been listening to episodes in fact she's kind of angry that i haven't uh like listened through and done the the little quick editing things that we do on the last episode because she's like hurry up i want to listen to it like get it done so we have at least one listener that is fantastic yeah that is fantastic so i i'm gonna have to kind of bring this one to an end okay Um, all right that's fine i have yeah and was there any was there anything else you wanted to um 
to to bring to, to raise uh oh, there's all kinds of things nick but it's gonna have to wait till next time okay so uh it's good it's a good problem to have that we always have too many things to talk about so yeah i'll bring it up uh on the uh the next episode so yeah fantastic. hey thanks for uh thanks for the call today man it's nice to talk it's uh it's fantastic that we have so many things to talk about that uh uh i don't think we're gonna ever run out of things to talk about on this so <laughs> it's really nice a pleasure speaking with you man you as well uh, really good take care speak soon see ya Bye now. Bye.